0: Hey, this is Dickie Barlow, superintendent of Mount Brook Schools, and want to welcome you to the podcast. We just built this podcast room and uh, had the capability to have this podcast over the last couple of weeks, and we never thought our first podcast would be about the coronavirus, to be honest with you. That's not why we built this podcast room. We just want to be transparent and to walk through all the situations that are going on with the school system and education. So welcome to the podcast. I've asked Donald Clayton, principal at Mountain Brook Junior High, to be here to be our MC and also so that we could have a conversation about just what is happening with the coronavirus and Mountain Brook schools. And we're gonna break this up into two podcasts. The first one, if we had to title things, would be, What Just Happened? and how did the school system respond? The second podcast we'll have will be what will the future look like after April 6th? So with that, welcome Donald, and I'm gonna give you reins, and we'll start talking about this.
1: Thank you, Dr. Barlow, I'm glad I could uh, be here today. Uh, Take us back to start. About two to three weeks um, ago today, Uh, and, you know, a lot has happened in the last few weeks in Mountain Brook, in the state, and in the country as well, so just kind of take us back a few weeks and kind of tell us what was going on.
0: Well, it actually kind of starts with you, Donald, because um, I think it was March 2nd we received a call on that Monday saying the band is going to Universal Studios, and should they go? Because of the coronavirus, there had just been one person uh, tested positive in Florida, and so we got on the phone with the Jefferson County Health Department and um, CDC and some local doctors that specialize in infectious disease and asked them, what do you think? And to a T, every one of them said they need to go. There are no restrictions on travel. And you all went down to U- Universal, had a great time. Had a wonderful time. Um, and came back, and everybody seemed to be fine. Um, and then the next week, it uh, we started – Hearing more about the coronavirus, and we had a meeting with the Jefferson County Health Department, and essentially what they said was, "Hey, um, if you have a positive, we're going to wor- work beside you, and we're going to work with the communities that um, have positives. And but right now, here's what we need to talk to you about: wash your hands, don't touch your face, tell people to cough into their elbow. Um, if you get sick." call the doctor, don't go to the doctor um, first, let them tell you what to do. And they just gave basic instructions like that. So that was week two. What we did is we met with our custodians and our CMP workers, that's, that's cafeteria workers, um, and our nurses. And we talked about how we can clean our school every day and doubled down on that. And then last week, was the week that everything seemed to ramp up, you know? Right. And um, by Thursday, we had called all our instructional leaders together and said, okay, we need to look at online learning. Um, Let me back up, about two or three weeks ago, we had a conversation with our um, instructional team and some uh, technology leaders and just said, all right, we need to ask the question how do we need to transition from e-days to e-learning you know e-days as you well know it's just usually a one-day situation where students um use the their digital device to capitalize on learning when they're not in school and the next day they go back to school um e-learning is a situation where you can't go back to school and so you have a long-term learning that takes place in an online format so uh It's a little different than a one-day circumstance there. And so we had to have that conversation. How do we help our teachers? Um, How do we prepare our community? And really, what does it look like to have e-learning for our school system?
1: You talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago we had our leadership team together, and actually I think that was that meeting was at the junior high, um, and we talked about how to start preparing our teachers and having conversations with them about what e-learning looks like in transition, and that was really the extent of the conversation. You talked about it ramping up a little bit um, uh, kind of towards the end of that week and then moving into this one. Uh, kind of take us
0: through the end of last week when it uh, ramped up. So we had that we had a meeting on Thursday with all our instructional leaders to say, "Okay, this is moving quickly, so let's make sure that we're ready to go to an e-learning platform." Um, so we had the conversations on Thursday. Then on Friday, all our principals went back to their school and started having meetings with teachers to talk about. Preparing lessons and learning opportunities for students because we looked like we were going to move to an e-learning platform. That Friday, the governor came out with a state of emergency and closed schools starting Thursday, March 18th. So we had the opportunity to go to school Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Interesting enough, Friday afternoon, we received our first positive in the community. And at that time, we thought it would be best not to come to school, but to go into a e-learning format for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. There we are, Friday afternoon. Um, We knew we had to do a couple of things. One, if we were gonna ask our teachers to come back in the school, and we, we had one positive test in the community, we needed to clean our schools. And so Saturday, we cleaned Crestline Elementary School. I had a professional company come in and clean Crestline and the junior high. And then we had um, the, our other four schools, Cherokee Bend, Mount Brook Elementary, Mount Brook High School, and Brookwood Forest, cleaned on Sunday. So we thought we were ready to go after we cleaned it. And then Saturday night, late Saturday night, I received a call to let me know that we had multiple um, positive tests for the coronavirus. And while it wasn't, we weren't sure that there was any direct correlation or relationship in the school there was enough concern for us that we thought maybe there could be and that potentially we could have students and teachers um, in self-isolation during this week and at that point we made the decision on Sunday that we needed to change our thinking about e-learning for these three days and really what we needed to focus on is the safety and the health of our students and our teachers and staff, and our whole community, and so that's why on Sunday afternoon, we decided we weren't going to do e-learning. We were just going to close schools down. Right, and I remember that whole speed up process
1: last week on Wednesday. I think I was at my son's soccer practice. It was raining, of course, like it's been nonstop. Um, but we were at we were inside, and um, all these things started happening. The NBA canceled their season. Um, universities started closing and I remember you saying to me it changed in about an hour mm-hmm. you know and that was that Wednesday night and then Thursday we're going through these conversations and I re- remember ta- I cleared my calendar for Friday to talk with our faculty about e-learning and it f- I remember saying to my faculty it felt like um, nine thirty in the morning before the snowstorm came at one. Like there was this anticipation of something happening, um, and so it did start moving fast. Especially as you talk about um, with that afternoon with the governor's announcement, you mentioned the state of emergency. Right. What What does that mean for a school system?
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of confusion with that. So when the governor calls a state of emergency, it's our understanding that when the governor calls a state of emergency and closes schools, doesn't give the option to close schools, but closes schools for us, then that, uh, the state superintendent made it clear to us at that point that, that we could no longer give assignments or graded assignments for any students, that school was closed. So that's a lot different than you do what you want to as a school system. Right. It was the, the governor closed us down. So at that time, what we did is we we knew that people were going to be cooped up in their house and um, this week. And so we just communicated with our teachers and said, hey, any learning opportunities or resources that you can give to our students and families would be much appreciated. And I don't know if if you've heard things, but I've heard things all week about teachers reaching out to their students and um, how parents have been grateful for those interactions and just resources where they, um, hey, listen, there's a lot of time during the day when you're sitting there with your kids in your house and you're not supposed to go anywhere, Um, and there are restrictions everywhere, and the tension is rising, and so we were just trying to do what we could to help families Get along better and to right. have something to do during the day. Yeah, so. my own house is the
1: same way right now. We we seem to be looking at each other like, um, can we make it through this? Um, <laughs> so I know that I know we've had several teachers in the building uh, do the same thing as well as offering resources to our kids and. Um, I'm glad we've been able to keep that going. Talk to us a little bit also about, you mentioned uh, keep cleaning the school buildings last week. And so even though we, we were looking at three E-days for a while there, and then those didn't happen, and we've pretty much, schools have been closed this week, but we've been here, right? We're here right now. And mm-hmm. so what's been going on since cleaning? What's been going on here in our Mountain Brook school system this week?
0: Well, the first thing, that's a good question. The first thing we did was just We've been trying to stay in touch with families um, to make sure that they're safe. Um, And health is an incredibly important um, topic for us right now. And so that was number one, is to make sure that our students are safe at this time. The second thing that we've done is we've heard from some families, especially in elementary schools, saying, hey, we sure could use those Chromebooks (laughs) Um, that we weren't able to distribute the other day because we canceled that and so that's why you have heard even though it doesn't have to do with the junior high tomorrow saturday morning we're having a chrome our first chromebook distribution it's not our only time but if people are in town they can go uh, they need to look at the website and look at the time for their grades and then they can go to their elementary school and pick up the chromebooks for their children and so one thing that we've been working on is getting all those Chromebooks down to the lobbies of the elementary schools, getting those things prepared to hand out in a drive-by type of fast food, if you will, distribution where people are not to get out of their cars, but we'll roll down their windows and we'll have hand them the Chromebooks and the chargers and they'll drive on off and be able to allow their students to, or their children to, to use the Chromebooks. That's one, one thing that we been working on the other thing is that we have been meeting with our instructional leaders and tech leaders through virtual meetings through skype um, to discuss e-learning and trying to set a framework to help teachers um, think about e-learning because donald here's the truth about our teachers we have some excellent teachers and they're they're experts in the classroom they're not necessarily experts in the virtual world of learning and because they've never been focused on the training on that. Not their fault. It's just how we do traditional school. And so in doing that, um, we've got to help those teachers transfer over to an e-learning platform. And so we have to think about how we can help them do that. So this week we've been meeting in meeting after meeting after meeting on the computer talking about frameworks and now that will allow our principals over the next week or so to talk with teachers and saying, here's the framework we've been working on. How's that look? How does that look in your classroom? What would you do to, look at the standards for your classes and how would it fit into an e-learning platform. And so it allows principals and our instructional leaders to go to teachers and to have that conversation. So it's been a busy, busy week. I'll be honest with you. These last two weeks have been the busiest two weeks um, that I've experienced. And that includes the uh, tax referendum. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I like the
1: way you talked about um, our – Our teachers being classroom teachers and I know like for the junior high school we we definitely want that face-to-face time with our kids and we know that that modeling and that coaching is so important to that age level all age levels really but then someone might look at it and say hey um, but every student has a Chromebook at the junior high school how can you not be ready how can you not be virtual teachers and I think that speaks also to kind of our philosophy behind the Chromebook as being a tool and that shift um, being now um, towards um, well, how do you deliver learning through that? What's, what's kind of the, the, the words of advice we're giving teachers in that whole conversation?
0: Well, I, uh, that's a great question, and it's a great point, too, because, see, we're a community school, right? Our system is built on this community, and this is a fabulous community, which means it's built on relationship. And so content in classes— in, in subject areas are extremely important, but it's built on the framework of relationship. And so now if you take that face-to-face learning away from that and you change that relationship to an online relationship, it's a pretty significant change. Absolutely. And so we have to think about how can we engage our students on an online platform and Help them with the content so that they can move forward in their learning. It's a mammoth shift. I mean, what, we, what we're trying to do in the next week is take a school system that's been the same way for about 60 years, and we are taking it and trying to put it into an online platform in one week. It's huge. We've done a lot of stuff. You know, we've been doing um, E-Days for about 10 years now, and we're so much more advanced than most systems really around the country in that. But this is a different shift. This isn't talking about E-Days. This is talking about e-learning over a long period of time.
1: Yeah, and there's so much of probably what we've done in the E-Days, which we're
0: actually seeing now, that has
1: helped speed up our process or help our comfort level. I know that's true for our, our faculty at the junior high. You know, a few weeks ago, we had that flood and we had to have a, a pop-up e-day, as we call it. We kind of had to do some things on the fly. It really helped us grow. And so um, that I think that's a big thing for us to, to have had so much experience with this and then making that mindset shift Um that you mentioned is a very important thing. Why don't we stop right here as far as what our school system has done to this point.
0: Uh, and we'll touch base on our next podcast about where we're going. That sounds great, Donald. Thank you for your time. And, uh, I would like to say one thing to the families. I'd just like to say thank you for your patience, um, for your understanding. This is an incredibly fluid situation and it seems like everything changes every 30 minutes. So, uh, I hope that you and your families are doing well and that you uh, stay protected and safe at home. Thank you.